In this episode of Ottawa Business Journal's Behind the Headlines, investment in local tech companies takes a dramatic uptick, legal tips for employers dealing with pandemic issues, and a new sports marketing online platform has a knockout round. All this and more coming up right now. Behind the Headlines is brought to you by Nelligan Law, Ottawa's fierce, proven, and human law firm. Visit them at nelliganlaw.ca. Hello and welcome to Behind the Headlines for the week ending September 24th, 2021. I'm Michael Kern from the Ottawa Business Journal. Behind the Headlines is a regular podcast from OBJ to explore the big local business news headlines. We've got three great segments lined up for you today. First off, I'll speak with my colleague at Ottawa Business Journal, David Sally, about one of those big uh, news headlines. Second, we'll bring in our experts from Nelligan Law to talk about an employment law issue. And third is our newsmaker segment. And this week, uh, we will talk with one of Ottawa's most dynamic tech sector entrepreneurs about his new sports marketing platform. But let's get things rolling with David Sally in segment one to talk local business news. Here's David Sally. Hey, hey there man. he is. From the head news headquarters of the Ottawa Business Journal. <laughs> That's right. 222 Queen Street. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Dave, so listen, we, we, uh, this is almost, uh, revisiting a story. Well, it is revisiting a story we did two episodes ago. And in that episode, we were talking about, uh, a report on venture capital, uh, in a particular sector. I think it was, was a Q1 of this year, uh, Q2, it was Q2. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that Ottawa, uh, when you added up all the venture capital deals, didn't even make the top 10. So even small Canadian cities beat Ottawa. And we were, you know, probably to some degree uh, ringing the alarm bell and saying like, what the heck's going on? Why are local tech companies not getting venture capital deals? And bam, things turned on a on a dime. <laughs> tell, us, tell us what's going on. But uh, the situation's much different than it was a few weeks ago. It is much different, Mike. And it, well, I wouldn't say it turned on a dime. It was a big stack of uh, dollar bills, Over actually. Over a hundred million, uh, actually. Uh, well, yeah. Um, when you add up uh, when you add up everything that has happened in the last few weeks, you're getting close to the, the $100 million mark. That's for sure. Um, and of course, the big deal, yeah. So we were lamenting just a few weeks ago man, where are all the big VC deals for Ottawa startups? Well, asking you shall receive. Uh, like we had uh, news uh, landed last week that uh, Rewind, uh, that's a data protection software company based here in town. Um, it, uh, it got $65 million US in a Series B round, and that pushes its total funding haul for, for this year to $80 million US. It got 15 million US uh, way back in January. So now it added another 65 million US to that total just a few months later. Um, so uh, so yeah, this was actually a New York-based VC Insight Partners that led this round. Um, but um, but yeah, this is the this is a huge uh, deal, Mike. Uh, obviously, um, it's uh, and and you know you got um, you might wonder, well. Why is Rewind getting all this money? What do they yeah. do? Well, they um, that's, a, that's a lot of money. I'll just jump in, Dave. So you know, eighty million total U.S. in funding. Like that yep. starts making you think that this company is going to have that. Well, this company does have a massive valuation, 
Yeah. Uh, and it's still, of course, a private company. And it, it reminds me a little bit. I mean, this this comparison is a little unfair of, of the, you know, the Shopify hundred million dollar deal they got before they went public. Now, let's calm down a little bit. Rewind's not there yet. There, there is a connection to Shopify, though. It's funny because they kind of started backing up the data in Shopify stores. So that's um, correct. But yeah, why are people so excited about Rewind? Well, uh, Mike, simply because um, uh, you mentioned Shopify. Well, Shopify has, uh, what, how many uh, uh, hundreds of millions of merchants now using its platform? Well, all those merchants collect data every minute of every day, right? Customer information, invoicing information, um, uh, uh, sales information, uh, constantly, all that data gets stored in servers. What Rewind does is it backs up that data. It constantly collects it from all of its customers, resaves it in a secure encrypted server to make so that, say, a power outage happens and a merchant server goes down and you lose all that data, or, uh, you know, heaven forbid, a cyber attack, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, hits hits one of these servers that, um, that uh, you know, a bad actor somewhere comes out there, tries to target um, this information and uh, and it gets lost. Well, Rewind stores it all. So it it's the ultimate backup plan for, for those merchants. And it started out working with Shopify merchants, but since then it's really rolled out its platform to, uh, uh, to a whole bunch of other, um, other market segments and industries. It works with big commerce, which is a Shopify competitor. It backs up uh, data from uh, from uh, accounting um, uh, um, customers for QuickBooks. Uh, it works with uh, other software firms, uh, Trello, GitHub, um, a customer support software called Zendesk. Um, and it's going to be adding a whole bunch more probably within the next few months. So, so you think about it, think of how many millions of customers potentially there are. Right now, it, uh, it stores data from maybe 40,000 customer accounts. Uh, but uh, Mike Potter, who's the co-founder, um, you know, he sees just unlimited opportunity here, right? His, in fact, his quote to me was, Rewind's vision remains to back up every SaaS service that's out there. Um, and, uh, and it's off to a good start. In fact, such a good start that, um, that it's now looking for all kinds of developer talent and which means it's now actually, it started out working sort of uh, in tandem with Shopify, you know but like now, you know where I'm going with this. Like, it, isn't, it, needs, it needs people. Yeah. It's now look competing against Shopify in that, uh, in that war for talent, Mike, that we are always talking about. It's kind of, uh, kind of ironic almost. You know, it started yeah. out being kind of a partner and it still is. But now they're kind of, uh, they're probably uh, seeing resumes from people who are also shopping theirs around to Shopify too. So it's, um, it's a really, but of course, it's a good, great problem to have, right? You're scaling up yeah. so fast, you know, you've, you've got to hope that you can poach some of those people who might otherwise go to Shopify. And I mean, it's, um, and so the growth is huge. They were at 65 people at the start of the year. They're now at 110 employees. They expect to be at close to 300 by the end of next year. So, um, so you, you know, this is just a, it's a great, great made in Ottawa story. Uh, and just a, a classic example of if you, if you can solve a problem uh, mm -hmm. that, um, that, that people are, 
are uh, are clamoring to, uh, to to have solved it, you can have a lot of success and uh, in in a hurry, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, to summarize it, you know, everyone in this pandemic, and even before the pandemic, was switching to the cloud. Well, that's great. You switched to the cloud, but now you know you need you need to back up things from the cloud, right? Exactly. And, and particularly in the case you know, of Shopify where they're backing up the data. So it's, you know, it's not just the Shopify store, it's all the data that's connected to it. But the other thing I just, we'll probably wrap up here in a minute, Dave, but the other thing I want to touch on is, you know, not everyone is is probably up to speed on what venture capital is, Dave, and they're hearing us throw around these big, big numbers. And, you know, you kind of brought it uh, down to earth there by just uh, talking about their hiring intentions of rewind, but this is real money, right? Like there is a so in other words, there's a, a what was a small company in Ottawa did get about a hundred million dollars Canadian in this year, and that will mean employees. That could mean new office space. It could mean furniture. It could mean, I, I mean, it could mean a million yeah. different new legal services, new accounting services. So I mean, this is the type of money injection. Uh, that helps grow, you know, the technology sector, right? Absolutely. This is your, you hit the nail on the head, Mike. This is, I mean, the spinoff benefits to the Ottawa economy from a hundred million bucks getting injected into one company. I mean, just think about it. I mean, like you say, so many other services that they require, they're going to now be able to invest, um, you know, what, 10 times as much as they, as they, as they could a year ago, say. So, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's just incredible the impact this could have on the ecosystem overall here in town. And and of course, Dave, there was a second deal, but we're, we're not going to spoil that because I'm talking to one of the co-founders in our third segment. So not only yeah. did uh, Rewind uh, land a good deal, that was a big, big, big one. Uh, but there's a second deal that got closed and uh, we'll hear more about that. In it our really packs segment. a punch. Uh, packs a punch. People say. will yeah. people will understand the uh, the pun uh, anyway, thanks, Dave, for your time. Uh, appreciate it. And just as we wrap up uh, today's segment, we're going to move to our legal experts from Nulligan Law. Please welcome Jim Anstey from Nelligan Law, uh, a lawyer in the Employment and Labor Practice Group. Hello, Jim. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, this is the first of a two-part interview we're doing with you, Jim, and it uh, pertains to work from home. So that's the issue that we're uh, looking at here. And if you if you go back in time a little bit, let's say 18 months at the beginning of this pandemic, a lot of businesses, particularly you know white-collar businesses, had their employees work from home as this kind of emergency policy. Well, here we are, Jim, uh, 18 months or so down the road, and people are still working from home. And I wonder if there are any legal risks around that. Can you uh, can you help us explore that a bit? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, uh, when when we look at this um, about at this issue, uh, we need to think of the employment relationship as you know being um, dealt with legally as as a contract. And you know, what are the terms of that contract? Um, and what we want to be careful of is after the pandemic is over. Um, we and even before the pandemic is over, we want employers to uh, lay the groundwork for how work from home, if any, um, you know, is going to be treated uh, once it's safe for everyone to come back uh, into the office. 
So it's it, it almost sounds to me, Jim, like uh, the the far the more that the longer the people work from home, maybe I'll put it that way, um, the more that it becomes kind of this standard practice or or their um, uh, uh, or acceptable to them um, that they might think they're working from home on a permanent basis. Is it that type of issue that we're getting at here? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, you, know, you know, when you treat an employee a certain way, I mean, after a certain period of time, um, if you allow something to happen in the workplace, um, it can become, you know, part of their regular working conditions, or at least the employee can argue that. Um, and, you know, we can foresee this happening with work from home. If employers don't address it, um, you know, before the pandemic is over or soon afterwards, um, then employers are going to be able to claim that, you know, working from home became a you know, a, a term of their employment contract. And if employers want to uh, make changes to, you know, the, 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 the work from home um, situation that they have, it's going to, it could be difficult. It could be difficult in a, in a practical way, because of course, employees have rearranged their lives uh, to be able to work from home. Um, but legally speaking, you know, they're going to have to be careful um, about changing terms of a contract. And there are certainly, um, you know, uh, ways that they'll have to go about that. And sometimes, um, you know, that it can be a little bit costly for them. And I completely see your point on that. In fact, I'm thinking of an instance, Jim, where, you know, someone might have recruited an employee during the pandemic who from day one started working from home and has, in fact, never been called to the office. And then let's fast forward, you know, a few months that same employer wants to recall the employee and the employee says, well, wait a second, I'm not going to work at an office and getting on a bus or driving downtown and paying for parking. I'm happy working from home. This is the issue that we're getting at, right? Oh, exactly. Actually, during, during the pandemic, um, you know, I, I've been encouraging employers to start thinking about their uh, work from home uh, policies and, you know, the, you know the, the terms and conditions they want to put in place now early on. But especially for new employees who are hired during the pandemic, uh, I've been recommending that, um, you know, in addition to, you know, a general statement that these new employees are going to uh, abide by workplace policies, that in particular, they're notified about the employer's um, uh, remote work policy, whatever that might be. Well, listen, Jim, thank you for this interview. We're going to we're going to press pause on part one of this interview and uh, viewers will have to, and our listeners will have to listen listen again for uh, some of the ways to mitigate those risks. For, thanks for joining us today, Jim. Thanks, Michael. And thanks to Nilligan Law for its sponsorship of this podcast. Well, it's time for our third and final segment, our Newsmaker interview, and I'm really excited about this one. My next guest must be one of the most dynamic young tech entrepreneurs in Ottawa. Plus, he's a great guy that still cares about Ottawa. I remember all the fundraisers he's been involved with, notably Fight for the Cure. Uh, please welcome the one and only Matt Whitaker. There hey, he is. so much, Mike. Hey, How are you doing, on? Matt? Hey, it's great to be here. Great to get to catch up with you. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's probably close to our, our what, 15-year anniversary, which maybe, maybe makes me not such a young tech entrepreneur, but thank you for being so, so gracious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, listen, and uh, we're not going to get into our backstory, um, except to say that we met uh, a boxing. You, you were my boxing coach uh, at one point uh, way back when, and that's going to factor into the story. So let's set the stage a little bit, Matt. You, you, you've, you've, done, you've done some amazing things in your tech career. I mean, I think it's fair to call you a serial entrepreneur at this point. 
but just a, several months ago, you created a company called Millions.co, which uh, people might know as a, a social commerce and video marketing company. Tell us about Millions.co. Uh, uh, Love to. And Millions was a culmination of, of a lot of different entrepreneurial stops, as you said. So I used to own a boxing gym, then went into e-commerce with no notes and then supply chain data management and enterprise software with Ascent. And we, and when I say we, the co-founders and I, so uh, my younger brother, Scott Whitaker and Adrian Salomonovic were, were literally in a, in a cigar lounge smoking cigars and talking about the state of affairs in e-commerce. And I had noticed a trend where, where, where several of our professional athlete friends couldn't sell online and, and they were posting these really cool merch designs. But when I asked if I could buy them, they literally were gonna go to a local print shop, print them off, then go to the post office and send it over. And this happened probably five or six times in the span of a couple of weeks. So we, we started solving that problem and we, we started Millions as an e-commerce and merchandising platform for athletes. And then we decided to layer in video technology. And this is kind of what happened in that cigar lounge. It was like, well, why don't we take some of the, the, the great video workflows that exist with personalized videos? Why don't we democratize putting a, a live stream or a pay-per-view or a watch party? And, and, and we put all three together in one really, really cool product for athletes and out came millions.co. Just last week, we we raised ten million dollars of, of venture capital, and it, it's been it's been a wild kind of six months since the company's existed. So, of course, you know I recommend anyone go out, uh, go check out Millions uh, .co, uh, But give us a sense if someone were to visit it now, um, they're going to see some merch. They're going to see something that allows them to interact with uh, with boxers or MMA fighters and other types of athletes. Give us a sense of what they might what you might do if you visited Millions uh, .co. Well, the important part is you would land on an athlete profile. So first of all, if you don't know any athletes, it's not as not as engaging. So ideally, one of your favorite athletes, whether it be in combat sport or any other sport for that matter, is already on the platform and, and has a profile. And if they're not, then, then you should tag them on socials and, and get them on the platform. Once an athlete is on, they can spin up their own merch line in literally minutes. Uh, we do all the all the fulfillment. They don't have to carry any 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 actual physical inventory. We do everything, even even. Uh, do all the design for them. So we, we launched a product called Design Labs. So if you're an athlete, you spin up a profile and then your fans can then connect with you via, via Ask Me Anything, that's our personalized video product, or through uh, a watch party. If, if you're watching the latest, or the latest and greatest fight coming up, you're, you're watching or, or you want to do your own pay-per-view, you can use our watch party product for that. So there's three key products. And for, for anybody visiting the site, you would just search for your, your favorite athlete and if they're on there, you, you can engage by buying their merch, asking them questions and getting personalized videos or using the uh, the watching product. That's really cool. Like it sounds really turnkey, turnkey for the athletes. I, th I guess that's the whole point, right? That, that's the point. And, and as we were researching and as I was debating leaving my very comfortable executive job at, at the, the company that I co-founded, as we we're doing the research, it turns out that about 98% of athletes don't have their own brand and don't really have a way to monetize their audience. And those audiences are big and, and they're, the, the athletes themselves are very influential when it comes to their audience. So th this platform is for the, the other 98%. So, okay. you know, is, is Floyd Mayweather or LeBron James going to be on millions? Well, maybe they might use the watch party product, but they're probably not going to do merchandising and they're probably not going to build their, their brand. They already have one. So we have products for everybody, but the, the real genesis of the platform was for the other 98% of athletes in every single sport.
You referenced, Matt, already a couple of the people that have co-founded uh, Millions with you. Can you give us a little bit more information on them? Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, Adrian Salomonovic, who's a, a serial entrepreneur in his own right in, in Ottawa. He's co-founder of Canvas Bob, DNA 11, and has had a kind of storied Ottawa Auto entrepreneurial journey. Uh, my younger brother Scott is the CEO and co-founder of Fight for the Cure, and also a vice president of biz dev at PSL Mechanical. And then we brought on Bruce Buffer as uh, as wow. a celebrity co-founder who who was really excited. And then our, our CMO was the founder of Go Fish Cam, which was the first ever GoPro for underwater fishing. So really cool kind of founding team. Everyone's had a great track record and. It, it kind of shows in the product that we've launched. So tell me a little bit about the uh, the buffer story. Uh, you know, he's he's a big land for you guys. Uh, how, how did you get him on board? Uh, so as the platform was under development, Adrian reached out to Bruce because Adrian's the, the biggest MMA fan out of the founding team. As you know, Scott and I are, are big boxing fans. So he reached out to Bruce in terms of potentially getting him to do uh, an announcement or getting him to do kind of a product launch bit. And once he saw what we were up to, he was like, guys, I want to be involved. Can I be a co-founder as well? And we were early enough along where he had product influence and obviously has, has been using his network to help spread the word. So, you know, if you can get a celebrity co-founder, I'd strongly suggest it because it's been a, it's been a great ride with Bruce and, and he's been a great business partner to us. Yeah. Is it, it, I'm just curious, I would assume one of the big advantages, there are probably many working with Buffer, but, uh, uh, but getting other athletes on board, is, is that the biggest uh, uh, advantage so far with uh, Buffer? For sure. When, when you think of name recognition in, in professional sports, almost everybody knows Bruce Buffer. Like he's got to be a top kind of 15. Like, do you know Bruce Buffer? And it, chances are it's yes. And then from an athlete perspective, it's probably close to 100%. Wow. Especially in the combat sports. It's either Michael Buffer, who's the, the celebrity the celebrity boxing announcer, or yeah. Bruce for, for, for UFC. Yeah. So when he sends a message or when he t has somebody on this podcast, it's really valuable for, for, for millions because he can just say, hey, well, I'm on the platform. You should be too. Why wouldn't you be? So yeah. he, he's a great evangelist and, and kind of a thought leader in the space. That's awesome. So uh, we have got a couple more minutes, Brad, uh, Matt, but we definitely want to talk about the millions uh, collected by millions. So uh, you you announced uh, your company uh, a ten million dollar U.S. Series A financing. I think the yep. lead was Boston's uh, Volition Capital. Tell me about how you raised that money and and how you're going to spend it. Well, Volition Capital was the first investor in Ascent, so we've had a six-year relationship that's been just tremendous. They've been a great business partner to Ascent. They put the first money in, which allowed us to, to scale up and, and get to where we are now. So as I was leaving and, and mentioned that I was going to do another startup, they were super keen to kind of follow the progress. And traditionally, they invest a bit later stage, kind of at the 3 to $5 million run rate, so, so revenue size. We're not there yet because we we launched like literally five months ago, but they were keen to get in early and, and they were so excited by the founding team and our and our collective stories that they, they decided to to go a little untraditional from their typical investment and, and back and back millions. And uh, not only did you get, uh, you know, a great company like Volition to back the company, but you've got some local people as, as well. Tell me about some of the local investment connections. Well, as you know, Aiden, who founded, it, well, you're, you were a customer. At, yeah, we're uh, customers with 40 Under 40. We were, yeah. 
early it on. Was fluid surveys, and, yeah. and then it got acquired by Survey, survey Monkey. Monkey. So, so yeah. he's got such a great track record. And then, of, of course, a man who, who needs no introduction, Cody Fowser, who is the former CTO of Shopify. And at, yeah. and at some level, we're doing e-commerce for athletes. Not, not exactly what Shopify does because they're more of a, a one-to-one and we're building a platform for all athletes. But if anybody can help us on the tech side, it's the former CTO of Shopify. So it's, it's flattering to see that he's bought into the vision and also you know, cut a check to support us. So huge thanks to, to the guys that are, that are in our corner. Yeah, it's great to see some local money invested there. And as we wrap up, Matt, if you look a little bit into the future, let's say six months, a year, 18 months down the road, anything we should be watching um, in terms of developments for millions? Well, we're using that. We're using the fundraising to build a, a remarkable team. So we've got a great founding team, and now it, it, it's time for great VP level, great director level, great manager level, and, and just a great team altogether. So we're using that funding for for two main objectives. One is obviously to expand the marketplace. We're doing a millions give us a million signing bonus campaign for for athletes. So we're trying to 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 get to three to five thousand athletes by the end of the year. But the the rest of the funding is to to grow our our team and bring in great executives. So looking for great developers, great great senior managers when it comes to engineering and products. So yeah, keep uh, keep an eye out on the on the job postings. And you know, Ottawa is such a talented city. There, there's so much great talent in Ottawa. We we would love to you know continue building our roots in Ottawa, Toronto, and and, and you know some of the other U.S. cities that we're, we're working in. That's that's so exciting, Matt. Congratulations again. You know, it's it's early, but I mean, all, with this amount of money for investment and and uh, those investors, wow, it's you're off to a great start. It'll be a another knockout, right? Uh, it's definitely going to be a knockout, and and we're, we're we're saying we're building the most important sports technology company in history, and anything short of that would be uh, would be a bit of a disappointment. So we're really going for it, and. Hey Mike, uh, thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, you were the first person ever in my corner, I think, back when I was 22, kind of coaching boxing. So, owe you a huge, huge thanks, and uh, I love everything you guys are doing at OBJ. Just, just keep up the amazing work. I'm still boxing, Matt, although I don't I spar. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> but I still hit, I, I, I still hit the pads and a and a bag two or three times a week. You got a strong right hand. I wouldn't want to spar with you, anyways. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Matt. Of course, thanks, Mike. A big thanks once again to Matt Whitaker for joining us on Behind the Headlines. Listen, before we wrap up, I want to give you a preview of something coming up with uh, OBJ, our fall news magazine. So OBJ in print is only publishing quarterly these days. Uh, So when we come out in print, it's a pretty big deal for us. And it's an even bigger deal, this issue, because it's our CEO of the year uh, cover story. As you might have heard, uh, OBJ and the Ottawa Board of Trade announced that Catherine Trombley from Excel HR is the 2021 CEO of the year. We'll have a multi-page CEO of the year feature written by David Solly, who you saw earlier in the show. Uh, we've got a special section called HR Update, and uh, we're going to feature all of the companies that are being honored as a best place to work. So OBJ and the Board of Trade, again, do a competition. Uh, it's a big employee survey to determine where who are the best places to work. And we're going to do a feature. We've done a feature on the top 10 lessons from these best places to work. So you can uh, look at uh, for the physical copy on on the streets around Ottawa starting uh, on Monday, September 27th. Uh, You can also visit obj.ca 
scroll all the way down to the uh, bottom of the website and take a look for the new thumbnail cover. That brings us to the end of this episode. A reminder, this podcast can be watched or heard in various ways. If you're watching it, you're going to be on our YouTube channel. It's the OBJ YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and hit the bell to get a notification of when we post new videos. You can also listen to this popular podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, Twitch, so on and so forth. I encourage all of you hardcore local business fans to visit obj.ca throughout your workday for the very latest in local business news. And if you never want to miss a headline, the thing to do is to subscribe to OBJ Today email newsletter. OBJ Today email newsletter, that's a Monday to Friday product, comes out kind of end of day around 4, 4.35 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in. That's it uh, for this week. Uh, on behalf of uh, Ottawa Business Journal, all my colleagues, uh, thanks for watching. Please stay safe and I uh, hope to see you real soon. Bye-bye.